1: Neil Gorsuch's nomination to the Supreme Court changed the United States Senate, with Republicans eliminating the filibuster for Supreme Court nominations in order to put him on the court. And following that Senate fight, Gorsuch was confirmed last week and had very little time to prepare for his first day on the bench, which was today. Today, he took the seat assigned for the most junior justice and heard... Uh, and heard arguments in several cases. We're going to talk about Gorsuch's first day with Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr, who's also our co-host on Bloomberg Law. Greg, uh, how did Gorsuch do today? Did he dive right in? Oh, he definitely dove right in, Michael. Uh, he
2: was, in the first argument, probably the most active questioner. Uh, he uh, waited about 10 minutes, and then he dove in. And essentially what he said was, and this is a question involving uh, the rights of federal employees, what he basically said was, uh, as I read the statute, actually both of you, you lawyers are wrong, and, and it suggested that maybe some previous Supreme Court cases were wrong as well.
0: Well, that's a bold way to start on your first day, Greg. That prompted, according to your story, Justice Elena Kagan to say he was proposing revolutionary changes in the federal law?
2: Yes, although she quickly followed it up by saying in this very obscure technical area of the law, um, this was a case, I'll I'll try to explain it very very briefly, but justices were joking about uh, how complicated the statute was and how little seemed to be at stake. It's basically a question of of if an employee, a federal employee, has both a claim that he was fired in violation of the federal civil service laws and... Uh, in violation of federal discrimination laws where that claim can go forward federal district court federal appeals court so highly technical uh... but he did seem to be suggesting and justice kagan called him on it that uh... he thought that some earlier supreme court decisions
1: might might be wrong is it uh, unusual for a justice on his or her first day to jump in with the fervor he seems to have jumped in with
2: No, I I look back a little bit and both Justice Kagan and Justice Sotomayor, who are the next most junior justices on the court. On their first days, which were at the beginning of Supreme Court terms, they were very active as well. So it's not that unusual, but uh, it was really striking that he was proposing a way of reading the statute that seemed to go beyond what either of the lawyers were, were advocating for.
0: What was the tone of his questioning when I read part of your story that described his questioning? Some of it sounded a little bit sarcastic.
2: <laughs> there was a little bit of that, yes. Yeah. So it, it was, um, <laughs> there, there were a lot of questions and there, there were different tones. At one point, he apologized for taking up so much time. Uh, but there was a point in the argument uh, where the lawyer for the, the employee, Chris Landau, said, we're not trying to break any new ground. Here and Justice Gorsuch uh, shot back by saying uh, that no, you're just you want to quote just continue to make it up again, suggesting that that is following some of these earlier Supreme Court decisions that Justice Gorsuch thought might have been wrongly decided on this statute.
1: Well, Greg, now that we know that he's not going to be a shy justice, it it appears. What what are the cases you know earlier on in his tenure this week that um, he's going to get a chance to weigh in on?
2: Well, the, the one that is getting the most attention may actually go away. It's a church-state case involving uh, Missouri, these things called Blaine Amendments that a number of, of states have in their state constitutions, and Missouri uh, interpreted its Blaine Amendment as as meaning that uh, a funding program for school playgrounds, the funding couldn't go to a church, which had, had a school playground. And that case was supposed to come up to the Supreme Court. It's going to be argued on Wednesday. But... The governor there has just changed the, the way he's implementing uh, that funding program, so that case may actually go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we may not see any of the, or at least not many, of the big ideological clashes this term, but uh, the court could agree soon to take up a voter ID case, could agree to take up a gun case. Uh, there are certainly many big issues that are not far, and Donald Trump's travel ban could come to the Supreme Court, certainly some big issues that are sort of on the threshold of being considered by the court.
0: Greg, he did not take part in Friday's, last Friday's conference, but he will be taking part in this Friday's conference, and do we have any idea what's going on at the conference?
2: So a couple of those cases I just mentioned. You're right, he didn't take part in that conference, uh, and, and the Supreme Court spokeswoman said he, he decided he was going to focus on preparing for the arguments. This com, uh, The court issued an orders list that sort of deferred consideration of a lot of those cases that they were, were talking about at that conference. So uh, at the next conference, at the end of this week, there will be this, the voter ID case I alluded to coming out of North Carolina. Uh, very good chance the court in the next couple of weeks could say we're going to take that case up. There's also a gun case out of California that uh, concerns the right to carry a weapon outside the home. Uh, some, some California residents say the state is being too strict and in, in, is limiting too many' is preventing people from uh, having a realistic chance to get a permit to carry a weapon outside the home. Both of those are cases the court could take up and they would consider those uh, next term starting in October.
1: Greg, thank you. It's always great to talk with you about what's going on at the Supreme Court. And uh, I know you're going to be busy following Justice Gorsuch
0: as he blazes his path as the ninth justice on the court. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com.